everyone. Welcome to Blades Pod. It's Wednesday, 18th of November. My name is Ben and I am joined, as always, by Andrew. How are you, mate? I'm really good because I've avoided football for, <laughs> for a week, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was just about to say, yeah, I, um, I, I'm also feeling, yeah, pretty pretty fresh. I gave myself a whole, or whatever it is, 10-day break from football, I guess, which I, I feel like I feel like I kind of needed after um, yeah, yeah a, a fairly miserable start to the season. So I have watched precisely zero minutes of international football. I think this is, you know, I, I, it's not like I've, uh, you know, gone through a, a great personal sacrifice here to to avoid football. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty uh, drab international break, isn't it? With um, I watched Scotland because that was something to play for, obviously. And I did find that pretty exciting, to be fair. Because obviously went to penalties and mm. there's something on it. And hopefully, you know, I mean, the Euros, whatever happens, even with our crowds, it's going to be an event and stuff, <laughs> presuming it goes ahead. Yeah. And it was great for Scotland, obviously, to get through. So that, that were exciting to watch. But I've not bothered with anything after that, to be honest. Yeah, exactly that. You know, it's, it, England very skippable at the moment with... Uh, mm. You know, very little to play for. I can't bring myself to watch Scotland. I'm afraid you're a you're a bigger <laughs> football fan than I am, and uh, yeah. hardly any of our um, Irish blades are, are playing this break. So it was it. Now Egan taken off, obviously after ten minutes, and Diddy's Indeed. retired, and Stevens is injured. So yeah, so it's, it was an easy uh, an easy time to avoid football. But all the same, I think it was uh, I think it was the right thing to do. I don't want to be too down in the dumps about uh, about <laughs> footy, and I'm hoping this podcast will be. Uh, Fairly upbeat, I think. So what we're going to do, we're going to give out our um, our quarter season awards. And on that note, we're going to skip over things like best moment for the Blades, because there's not really that much. <laughs> to, <laughs> I think that'll just bring yeah. us down, and or uh, certainly we'll just be gallows humour. Um, and then at the back end of this podcast, we'll, we'll preview um, uh, Project Restart Restart. I saw somebody dub it earlier this week, <laughs> like um, which is basically our, our season... Hopefully, starting anew with uh, with West Ham on uh, Sunday afternoon. But yes, first of all, let us talk about uh, awards, I suppose, which is just kind of categories, ways to categorise the season so far for United and I guess the Premier League as a whole. So let's start with uh, with Player of the Season so far for the Blades, which I. I know this is like a thing that might make people go like, well, nobody deserves this award yeah. whatsoever with uh, with one point from eight games. But you know, when I thought about it, there's a few there's a few candidates in here. We're, we're looking at the uh, the best players so far from uh, a, a field of <laughs> some poor performances, I guess. Um, yeah. Who who is your shout for this? I, I think this is only between only three players personally. I think. Egan's been all right. I don't think he's been up to last season's standards, so I'm not giving it him. I think you've got to give Didzi a shout by, by virtue of being the only player to score a goal from open play for us this season. <laughs> uh, but I've gone for Sander Berg. Um, I just think that he's not been consistent throughout the games. Um, he, he's been a bit hit, hit missing flashes and stuff like that. But I just think he, as it stands, he looks like the one player that we are definitely going to lose if we go down, which says a lot really about how we're playing but also says a lot about him as well yeah I've uh, I have also gone for Sanderberg and there's obviously I think we both picked him as like our prediction for the uh the overall mm. player of the season didn't we so there's a little bit of I'm trying to remove some of that bias I think but I just yeah I just think he is the player that we would certainly be a lot worse off without and you know yeah. I know we don't have much further to fall when you only have one point from uh from eight games but yeah when I sort of looked at his kind of numbers from the season it's is is been even more impressive than I kind of have have thought while watching the games I mean 
you know, he only has one goal, which was a penalty, and only one assist. But then we've only scored two non-penalty goals, so yeah. he's been directly involved in fifty percent of our goals this season, which is is pretty decent. Um, I'd say he's certainly been our, our best player to watch, if you want to put it that way. You know, the sort of uh, the classiest player, as well as the impact that he's had, despite sort of. Um, playing multiple roles in midfield and kind of um, you know he's churned through all those internationals with uh, with Norway so what was it yeah. like three in yeah. a week plus extra time and stuff like that yeah I'd say probably our most consistent player maybe with Basham that's sorry Basham's the other one I meant to mention him sorry Basham's the only other one who I think deserves a shout I think Basham and Berger are the only by far our most creative players the only creative players I might argue Pretty much, yeah. Um, some more stats on Berger. He has the uh, the joint highest... This is among United players, not league-wide. Joint highest expected assists with Baldock, the highest XG of all our midfielders. He has the second highest amount of um, chances created. Uh, the joint most open play passes that have led directly to a shot. The most dribbles that have led to a shot. Uh, and he's also got the... Um, what was this? The joint most tackles and interceptions among our midfielders. So well, that's interesting. I didn't expect that to be honest with the tackles. Yeah, he's he's done it all basically. He's um yeah, he's attempted and won more tackles yeah. than any other non-defender in the team. Uh, and he has the high, highest number of successful pressures on the whole team as well. So that's uh, the number of times the team gains possession within 5 seconds of him pressuring the ball. Yeah. He leads yeah. the team in that. It's been all action basically. This is what I mean. This kind of surprised me really that you know the mm. contribution defensively and offensively. Yeah, he's he's been good. Um, I, you know, I don't think you can say, I don't think you can say that about many of our players so far this season no. that that they have been good. We're probably this only- is the Aggie Burgers season so far, probably a seven out of ten, which last season would have put him around six to seventh best player. Yeah, I think the performances warranted like six to seven best player this season is. Is he obviously has been the standout? So yeah, I think I, I was literally just about to say that with the seven out of ten. Yeah, but that does yeah. that does for me put him uh, put him top of the pile. Um, yeah, I'd also written out. I think Egan has been uh, pretty consistent. He's had some really good games as well. Um, mm. Basham has been Basham, as you said. McGoldrick is uh, is banging them in. I think yeah. uh, Ramsdale has been fine in the in the face of a, a barrage of shots. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. just a, a little controversial now. John Lundstrom, I think he's. Uh, He's a couple of moments of better execution away from being, I would say, the winner of this award if he sticks that penalty Possibly, away. Yeah, he could against... go three goals easily, couldn't he? I think, um, I don't know, I don't think Lundstrom's, I can't think of a game at the top of my head where Lundstrom's been above a six or seven out of ten, to be honest. Mm, he is still, uh, what is this? That's the second, he has the most um, chances created across the mm. whole team, Lundstrom. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. the one player that Berger is behind and... Uh, I think he has the highest XG of all our players still as well. So he's he's done pretty well. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying uh, Berger is our player of the season so far. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll get to West Ham in a bit, as I said. But hopefully there's no issues with his availability because he's essentially had a um, yeah. a two week rest with Norway after they. Oh, you yeah. did play? Do you play one game actually? No, I didn't. No, I got called off before. I played hmm. a game. So that could be beneficial, assuming he is indeed available for this weekend, which I expect he probably will be after um, what happened with Egan. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you never know, though. They make rules up as they go along, don't they? So. <laughs> that is true. Right, next next award is um, uh, Biggest Surprise, and this is specifically United-related, and it can be good or bad. Um, I, my biggest surprise for me is, uh, is the defence taking... Mm. 
such a step backwards, even um, even allowing for the fact we don't have Jack O'Connell. I mean, I, I don't think maybe I should have seen this coming. I mean, I looked in the five games post-lockdown that O'Connell didn't play in last season. We conceded mm. 10 goals. And, um, and one of those was that Villa game, which was like barely a pre-season friendly, wasn't it? It was yeah, like the yeah, lowest yeah. intensity match I've seen for ages. Yeah. So I guess the signs were there that things do have the potential to fall apart without O'Connell. But just the sheer amount of shots that we're conceding is really worrying. I mean, I've spoke about it on the last couple of podcasts, so I'll, I'll not rattle off the stats again. But basically, we are currently facing like the most shots and the most shots on target. I think we're like in the bottom well, the top three, I should say, for the amount of those shots that are raining yeah. in on our goal. And, I mean, you know, we were never going to continue to be, like, a top four defence this season, even with O'Connell, I think. But, you know, even if we were, like, a mid-table defence, I don't think we'd be sat on one point, even allowing for the fact that we are not a high-scoring team at all. So, yeah, it's it's really surprised me. I did not expect us to get this much worse defensively. Did yeah. not see this coming. Maybe I should have done, but that's that's my big surprise. How about you? Well, I've got about six nominations here, good and bad, to be fair. I'll, just go, I'll uh, skip through them. Go One of them it. is Oliver Burke, who I think has been a really good signing on, on the face. I know he's not scored or anything like that, but I think when he came in, we were all sort of thinking, oh, what we signed him for, why have we swapped him and stuff? But I, I think he's played well, Burke, mm-hmm. to be honest. I think for a free transfer, uh, he'll not be on much money. I think he looks a bit of an asset, to be honest. I think if we can get him playing properly. I've got Norwood. Missing so many games. Mm, actually, that's a great shout. Yeah, wouldn't have, uh, would not have guessed that at all. No, especially with the results. I can understand no we're missing games if we were winning, you know. And you're all right, Burgess took his place, but the fact that we've not won yet and he's only started two games. Yes, two games. First game of the season and Fulham, and that's it. Yeah, and that's we and we gave him we gave him a new contract in the summer, yeah. right, or at the end of last we, season, we and the break in the lockdown. Yeah, break. And he's. Uh, yeah. You know, he's vice captain and everything. So yeah, that, yeah, that is a big captaincy surprise. as well. Yeah, I mean, Egan's the captain now when Billy Sharp don't play. Yeah, good shout. I've got a lack of another Premier League loan, mm. which I think in hindsight could have been a bit of a mistake. I thought that'd be something we'd definitely use up the two Prem loans, to be honest. Especially with Henderson obviously not being there. Mm. Uh, yeah, I thought it'd give us an opportunity to use another Prem loan. Uh, I've got Lundstrom playing every game despite the contract situation, which is a very unlike Wilder, really, when you consider it with Duffy and stuff. Yeah, th- that yeah. one doesn't surprise me as much. I think it's different circumstances. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I've got McGoldrick being top goal scorer. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. You look at the numbers from last season. He was uh, he was just really unlucky. He was always going to regress. I don't know. I just think, like, of all those strikers, I think if you'd have said who's going to be the top goal scorer, I don't think anyone would have gone for McGoldrick. He's got three goals, which is not a bad return at all, really. No, it's uh, it's pretty decent, and uh, yeah, as I, as I said the other week, you know, he looks our most informed forward. Like he's the one yeah. that you know put aside the actual goals. He's the one that actually looks confident in front of goal. At yeah. The minute, so, but yeah. my biggest surprise of all is actually Jaden Bogle not even being on the bench all season. I, I I can't get my head around it. I understand people say you don't want. It. I thought Bogle. I, I think I said it on this pod actually would be a bit of a game changer mm. when we're losing. We don't have to change the shape. Put Bogle on more attacking than Baldock. I mean, after the fact that we've not seen him at all, I think that's the biggest surprise. We spent a decent amount on him, and he's been nowhere near. The fact that he can't get on the bench, but I mean, do we need Jagiel Crown Robinson on the bench? I, I suggest not. Mm. Uh, well, that way, was there anyway, and you know, we had a couple of injuries against Chelsea, Fampadu being out and what have you, and, and he still couldn't make the bench. Yeah, the the sort of uh, small, slight explanation for that is the amount of times we 
did not have Kieran Freeman on the bench last season. Yeah. Like we just didn't have a right wing back on the bench. But as you say, yeah, there's definitely been uh, more opportunity for him to be on the bench. And it, it is surprising. I mean, I think uh, <clears throat> United posted a picture of him on um, on Instagram the other day and I I had to actually scroll to the, uh, you know, the caption to see who it was. It's like, yeah. I have no idea who this player is. Like, is this someone from our youth team or something? Um, yeah, it's, it is surprising. It's like Sorry, Max Lowe's been on the bench, but we've got Stevens, Robinson and Osborne on that side and they're all on the bench. I, I, I don't know. I mean, Wilder knows more than I do, but I do find it strange how when I got the views from from Derby, everyone was saying about Max Lowe, mm. he's all right. You know, he might be all right, but we're not that. They were devastated to lose Bogle and he's the one we've not seen. Yeah, strange one. Uh, yeah, hopefully he'll be more involved in the coming weeks because, uh, yeah, we need, we need a spark for sure. Um, yeah. what, what's been your... Uh, this is a, another another United related one. What's been your biggest yeah. disappointment? So it could be a game, a player, a signing, a moment, a uh, an off field story. Entirely up to you. We're going to avoid avoid the fact that uh, we're bottom of the league. And yeah, the fact that terrible. we're rubbish. Yeah, that, that's that's too obvious. Uh, I've got a few again, actually. If you bear with me, a lot, yeah, a lot go of for it. going on here. Uh, the lack of a midfield signing disappointed me because I think that's what we desperately needed. Um, yeah, you, you were on that train quite early, weren't I you? I was. Yeah, I thought we'd bring, especially when we we're linked with Swift. I thought, well, at least we're looking in that position. Then it just mm. died a death, and disappointed in that. Um, the left hand side as a whole has been a real disappointment. Stevens has still not come back into any sort of form for me. Mm. Obviously, uh, we've lost O'Connell. Fleck, when he did play the first couple of games, weren't in form himself. Just that entire left-hand side has been a real disappointment to me. Yeah. Um, I've gone for Wilder's interviews. Not necessarily that I think he's wrong what he's saying, but normally they make me feel better, and they're not. <laughs> normally I'll listen to his interviews <laughs> it- after a game and I'll think like, right, yeah, he's making me feel better. But the last two or three I've been like, oh, he's not not really inspiring me. I don't know, I don't know what he can say. Yeah. I'm not criticising him personally, but... Normally, he'll get me up for it and say, right, he knows what's going on here. But, yeah, that's not happened. Uh, the stick from certain fans straight after, you know, as soon as we've had a bad run, I mean, it is a bad run as well. We've not won for, what is it, 12 games now or something like that. So, it is a bad run. But the straight on it, you know, straight away, he's not good enough, he's rubbish, he's that, he's this, it. That's disappointing because I thought what they've achieved would give us some leeway. But my biggest mm-hmm. disappointment by a mile is O'Connell being out for the season. Mm, this is going to be a recurring one, I think, through the podcast. Yeah, yeah. just uh, well, just the sheer, uh, <laughs> I guess, just the sheer void that it leaves. Or are, are you referring yeah. more to the way that we've handled it? Well, both a bit of both. To be fair, I, I think I said last week that we must have known there were a chance he were injured. We must mm. have, and we didn't replace him. And then we spent twenty million on Brewster, which you imagine has taken up the part. I'm not, I know we needed a striker, and if we hadn't brought a striker, I'd be sat here saying, why don't we bring a striker in? I, I, I'm aware of that. But that that's a huge, huge, huge miss, and a huge ask to ask either Stevens or Robinson to fill in there. I don't think we'd get anyone better than O'Connell, but I think you could probably get you know, a better defender personally than Jack Robinson for not that much money. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tricky. I, I was, I mean... The player we were linked with, who ended up at Fulham, uh, Terence Congolo, yeah. he's uh, he was obviously injured, which is why we, um, well, I believe that's why we didn't pursue that one. I think he's still injured now. In fact, yeah, he's right. Yeah, um, you know, and <laughs> that's going to by the time he's back, it's probably going to be January again. That's only six weeks away, isn't it? So yeah. I do wonder if we just kind of just punted on this decision and we're like, we'll just 
we'll just try and sort something out in January. You know, we still have that loan, as you said. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. This is we must have known that this was a possibility that it could mm-hmm. happen for sure. And yeah, to not use that Premier League loan to try and get someone in. I mean, maybe I'm guessing we. I'm guessing we probably did try. I'm sure we didn't just yeah. forget about it. But the fact it didn't happen, you know, the fact we are essentially saying, yeah, we'll just we'll just go with Jack Robinson for the whole season. Yeah, I like we've worrying. said before. I'm all right with Robinson. I think he's a six out of ten, which is not that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but it's not. You know, he's he's all right to fill in for a few games. I'm happy with that. Matt, yeah. when when he first got injured, I actually thought that we'd play Ampadu on the left hand side of defence, mm-hmm. and that's not happened. And I still think, I mean, you know, I still think that's the best option. I know he's not left-footed, but we're not doing any overlaps or anything. And I think he's a better defender than uh, Robinson and Stevens in that position yeah, as, as a centre-half. Yeah, we might see it against West Ham, I think. I have a, I have a hunch that we'll uh, Yeah, I think we need to. I mean, it's difficult as well because obviously Yampadu played so well against Liverpool in the midfield role. Hmm. So we've not really, maybe that's the thinking behind that, but I just don't think we can go. Well, we're going to have to, I suppose, if we don't play Ampadu. But I, I, either Robinson or Stevens for the next six or seven games, or whatever it's going to be before January, I, I think that's really risking it. Yeah, but yeah, just overall as a as a loss of a player. I mean, you look at the amount of goals that are coming from that area. You know, I, I can think of three or four off the top of my head that mm. you know have been kind of uh, in Stevens or Robinson's area in that left centre back spot that we've we've conceded and. You know, we've played it. I know we got blown away by Chelsea, but we've generally played tight games, and those are the fine margins of between us getting an extra point and ending up with zero, as we have done in uh, seven of our eight games. Um, one of those actually is my biggest disappointment of the season. I went for a specific moment, and that is the loss to Leeds. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think for you know, put aside the sort of Yorkshire derby nurse and the, <clears throat> I guess the narrative thing of like. Oh, you know, the Leeds are this season's Sheffield United, you know, they're, <laughs> they're crashing our party now and we're the ones that are going to, you know, have to sort of endure all the mockery, that kind of thing. But I think it was just, a, you know, that loss and the hole it left us in, you know, that was that was three goal, excuse me, three games with no points and no goals. And, yeah, yeah. you know, knowing that it was just a real gut punch, knowing the fixtures that were coming up as well and, you know that yeah. really, really yeah. didn't. That's why I was so. I, I'm not. I'm surprised I've not put this myself actually, because that was the most gutted I've been for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, simple as you say, because of the fixtures I knew we had coming up. We still had Arsenal, uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, yep. Fulham sandwiched in between it. But you're looking at it and you're thinking, that's maximum, three points. Yeah, yeah, maximum three points after eight games. Probably almost certainly bottom of the league is what you're thinking. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. And I think with Bamford scoring as well, because you know he's that muppet from Leeds and. I know he's having a good season at the moment, but he's been a historically pretty poor finisher in the championship anyway. So, yeah, that was uh, that was just the extra. Um, what's the opposite of like uh, icing on the cakes? Because it's like salt on the uh, something, <laughs> salt on the something unsavoury. Um, so, yeah, that was. Uh, I don't know. I, can, yeah. I think it's the worst horrible thing. But anyway, the uh, <laughs> the only silver lining is that we're through that uh, horrendous run of fixtures and we're still in touch because of the ineptitude of others. So That yeah. might be the best moment of the season. If we had a best... <laughs> I did like suggest to you, obviously, about the best and worst moments. And you rightly said, like, we're sort of covering it here anyway. Uh, the best moment for me probably would have been the fact that there's at least two other three other sides in Fulham, West Brom and Burnley who look just as atrocious as us. Yeah. Yeah, it's encouraging. Best moment, like, hey, remember that pass on the halfway line? <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. I'm trying to think the best actual real moment. I don't know. Um, but do, uh, Maybe, I don't know, McBurney barging into that Man City player at the beginning of the game. 
I can't even remember what I suggested. I mean, it might I have been... Osborne running back against Liverpool and putting that tackle in, that were amazing. That was pretty good, yeah. Uh, yeah. Burke, um, Burke embarrassing Fabinho was quite nice as well. Oh, yeah, nice as well, yeah. <laughs> nothing yeah. nothing Memories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a season so far. Um What's uh, worst decision from a referee or officials, I should say, a refereeing decision? Uh, we may have only had eight games, but there's a surprisingly large amount of candidates for this. Um, and I'm including ones that have gone in our favour, because I think you definitely can. Um, what's uh, What were you thinking here? The worst refereeing decision is undoubtedly sending Egan off against Villa, I think. Yep, I agree. Uh, we're so far off the play. We've gone through it. It really annoys me thinking about it. Um, in terms of like sort of, you know, he, he's so far away, comes out, red card straight away. The fact that VAR didn't overturn it, that, yeah, I'm not surprised he didn't overturn it because it's it's not a clear and obvious error from the ref, even though it is, if you, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, it's not like he's, he's uh, got the wrong player or anything like that. So I wasn't surprised he didn't overturn it. Do you know what annoys me more than anything, though, that even more than that, was how long it took to give the pen against Basham in the same match. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have also gone for Egan's red card, but the fact that he didn't send off, I think it was Target, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, still... It's not that for me. It's the timing. This is my alternative reality here. Hmm. Egan's that pen straight away. Don't go to VAR, blah, blah, blah. Lundstrom, obviously, I'm going to bat for Lundstrom here and say he were waiting for Ham for about two, three minutes, weren't he? Yeah. Before he took that pen. I'm thinking he picks the ball, bang, straight in, 1-0, and then, you know, we win every game from then on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, well this, that's actually one reason that I've got this as my worst decision, is the timing of the red card. Not only in the game, so what, it was like 15 minutes played or something yeah. like that. Obviously, miles away from goal. It wasn't even remotely close to being a goal-scoring opportunity. Um, but it's also the timing of it in the season. You know, we lost that first game to Wolves. Suddenly, yeah. suddenly that Villa game became essentially an automatic loss, didn't it? You know, it was just... Just pray for a nil-nil, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then the fact that Egan misses a crucial game against Leeds, which, is, as, as we just said, was, you know, was our, apart from the Fulham game, was our best chance of getting points yeah. until the end of November, essentially. And score off a header in the area, which you never know if Egan's there. You know, it's easy to say, but... <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, the fact with this Egan one, the fact that we've seen similar incidents going unpunished, like, like week to week, and, you know, probably will do for the rest of the season, correctly, really, because it, it yeah, shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't yeah. be a red card. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was uh, it was a shocker. I, I will, the reason I mentioned um, decisions in our favour is that I did think our penalty against Fulham was a bit of a nonsense, to be honest, just, just a really soft award. I know there's contact between Mitrovic and it's a bit clumsy, yeah. but I just think in a pre-VAR world, people... You don't you don't even notice it. If we're in the ground, we nobody's going, hey, he's just kicked uh, Robinson there. Yeah, that should be a foul. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Uh, I, I was I pleased. Think, the, the, what I don't like about that decision is I don't think you can blame the ref for missing it. Mm-hmm. I think with other penalty reversals, you can say, yeah, the ref's missed that. He should have, he should have seen that. In Like you say, pre-VAR, which yeah, I don't know. I just think it's if you're going to give penalties for that, then it's obviously going to go against us at one point, something like that, and we're going to be just fuming just like Fulham fans were. Yeah, indeed. Um, who is the best opposition player you have seen this season? So in, in games involving United, of course. I've offered two here. They might not be the obvious ones. One is uh, Tom Kearney. Yeah, he's on my list. Um, I just thought you were fantastic in that second half. Exactly what we miss, I think, in that midfield. Mm, just, you know, I'm looking at him thinking, why can't we have him? <laughs> yeah, he was just constantly on the ball, wasn't he? Not just in a, you know, 
like metronomic, keeping it ticking over kind of way yeah. in deep midfield. He was everywhere, all over the pitch. It was really fantastic, I thought for sure. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I want from one around midfield is take mm. sort of hold of the game and run, you know, run with the ball and create stuff. But I've actually gone for Jimenez at Wolves in the first game because mm. everything that we lack is a main midfielder, Kearney. I think everything we lack in a centre forward <laughs> can be summed up with Jimenez as well. Yeah, that's a great shout. I hadn't considered him, actually. Um, it, that seems so long ago already that yeah, I think I yeah, forgot. Yeah. Um, yeah, he scored... Uh, no, he only scored one goal, didn't he? It was a, a he scored the one goal, game. but he could have had two or three. And he's hold up <laughs> play. He's got everything, hasn't he, really? He's not, he's, he's not slow. He holds it up well. Uh, it's a shame how... I mean, I think he's in his late 20s now, isn't he? I think so, yeah. It's a shame for him, I think. Uh, I mean, good for Wolves, because people probably won't take a chance in him due to his age, but... Or bigger, bigger clubs in terms of like Man City, I mean, and things like that. He's 29. It's yeah. a shame for him that he didn't come into England earlier, I think, because I think he would be talking, he'd be looking at somewhere like Liverpool or Man City, I think, to finish his career off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he was tremendous. I thought, uh, we, you know, we couldn't get near um, Ziyech of Chelsea the other day. Oh, yeah, although, yeah. Um, uh, as much as I do think he's a good player, I think we uh, we probably helped him have a nice afternoon, yeah. a nice evening, I should say. Um, I suppose a hat tip for uh, Meslier, the uh, Leeds goalkeeper. You know yeah, that was a that was that was a narrative reversing performance from him for sure. The, uh... See the goals he let in as well against Palace, and you were like, "Why did he? Why did he play so well against us?" <laughs> Infuriating that uh, yeah. you know, as we've talked about before, if that game goes the other way, if we win that and Leeds lose it, we would have been. Like within a point of Leeds about a week ago, and yeah, everybody feeling a lot the better. The narrative changes with that win. I think it's gone so long now. It's been eight games. You, I mean, we'll come to the West Ham game obviously later, but it, it the, the longer you go, the harder it becomes to win. And if yeah. we got those three points in that third game, I think things will just look miles better. Yes, indeed. Um, but I, my my pick for this is Kenny. I thought he was uh, it was one of the best performances um, of the last two seasons. From an individual, yeah. I think. I think it it's interesting because he, he struggled a little bit in his first season in the Prem, didn't he, when they got relegated? Mm, I don't uh, know. If, well, I was just about to say, I don't know if that was just because he was in a bad team, but oh, then he's in yeah. a bad team now. So I was going to follow that that up, actually, with that, yeah, because I think that it, you don't know how bad a team that was compared to this one. But I think this might be his sort of shining period where whatever happens to Fulham, he's going to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, he signed a new contract, I think. I think at the start of last season, which really yeah. surprised me. Yeah, I remember. Because um, I remember like me wanting to... I remember like when we went up and you start looking at players and you think, oh, you'd be good, Tom Kearney. And then he signed a contract for them. Yeah, he's uh, he's another one who's... He'll be 30 in January as well, so he's probably... I didn't realise he was that old, actually. Wow. Yeah, he's been around for a while. But yeah, I guess he's um, yeah he's probably going to finish his career there at the top yeah, level yeah. anyway. Yeah, five, six, there's some six seasons he'll, he'll have been there. Yeah, I was... Uh, I was surprised when he signed that contract with them being in the championship and yeah. you know looking pretty rudderless to be honest. But uh, yeah, good for him. He's he's back in the Premier League. Um, mm. This is the uh, the thank you very very much award for uh, opposition player who did us a big favour. Basically, an opponent playing terribly against us. I think maybe there's only one candidate here, but it, unless it has you've got to be the only one, and it, I think it, it, I take it you've got for Kearney's teammate. I have yes. We probably yeah. should have called this the Alexander Mitrovic Award for doing us a massive favour. I mean, I don't want to slag him off too much because we've still got to play him away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, just the, the the top line of his performance in this game, 
He uh, he hit the bar with a penalty. He gave away a penalty from which we got the equaliser, and he also missed a couple of good chances late on. I mean, if really you think our chances. if you think our current season couldn't get much worse, just imagine if we'd lost this game to Fulham, which we almost certainly should have done based yeah. on the second half. Um, yeah, so big big thanks to uh, Mr. Mitrovic. And I don't know if you have you've not been watching any football. Do you know it was him who missed the penalty for Serbia as well to send Scotland through? The only bit of football I saw, I've seen in the last ten days was the Andy Murray clip that you sent me <laughs> <laughs> of the Brilliant. the scenes in uh, Shea Murray reacting to uh, that penalty save. Can't believe it. You know what I mean? It's a good job you don't live next door to him with that sort of celebrations flying around. But <laughs> absolutely. Um, just a, a quick side note on that Mitrovic penalty, and I'm I'm very sorry to uh, the person who pointed this out for not having your uh, your name in front of me. But I think the last three penalties taken at the Bramall Lane end have all hit the crossbar, which is remarkable. Did I tagged you in this? Didn't I? Have I sent you this? Yeah, I don't know if you did actually. So. Uh, let's just think back. So Mitrovic hits the bar at the lane end last season. You did. Our, you did. Yeah, last season yeah. in uh, in mid December, Grealish hits the bar at the Bramall Lane end, yeah. and the previous opposition penalty at that end before that was um, uh, Ben Marshall of Millwall. Yep. Yeah. Hits the crossbar. So eyes peeled. I mean, we, look, there's going to be another penalty at the lane end for opposition at some point this season, Do you, you think? Remember Wolves as well in, the, in our first season back of the Championship and, uh, and Nevis. Nevis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was the bar, it was the post, weren't it, in that end as well? There's some some spooky stuff happening down at the lane end. This um, is the new plan, just give penalties away in that half. <laughs> Demoralise them. Fat, disappointed by continually at the post, all heads will drop and we'll win. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. So yeah, watch out for that next time. There's a pen. You know that West Ham are going to get one and just, uh, just smash <laughs> yeah, it in yeah. this weekend. Now that we said it, but there you go. I like that little uh, little fact. Um, all right, this is this is a bit uh, a bit straw man argument, but um, I think if you spend as much time with uh, with Blades Twitter as we do, you can't help but seeing some of these. So this is the uh, the hot take that you disagree with most strongly, and I have a few examples. Uh, and also a clear winner. But um, do you want to do you want to drop the ones that uh, spring to mind for you? You sent me like some things you were talking about. And I think you've summed them up. The only two that you're not going to mention are Bruce are already being written off, which yeah. is just mad from ex pundits as well, like ex players should I say, saying, "Oh, why have you bought him and stuff?" And you're thinking, you know what I mean? Come on. I mean, even if he even if he played poorly, which I don't think he's actually played that poorly. He hasn't had the opportunity to play poorly. Yeah, and then the other argument that is people saying, "Oh, get rid of Brewster, put Billy Sharp back in," as if that's going to make any difference with the way we're playing. And that's nothing against Sharp. Mm. It's just that they're very similar players in a way, Brewster and Sharp, in that they are, uh, you know, poachers or whatever. You get you have to give them a chance for him to score. Billy Sharp's not going to change the results of any of those games because we didn't create a single chance. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's another one I would disagree with. Actually, is that sort of simplistic thing of like you know if, if Sharp had had the McBurney chances, yeah. you know, would have won that game. Well, like Liverpool away, for example, when McBurney puts that that one wide, like well, he he almost certainly wouldn't have been in that position, and and also we would never have got out of our half if we hadn't yeah. had a, if it's sort McBurney for Sharp. I will say these are takes that I disagree with. I'm not going to insult somebody for. Believing these things, so you, idiots. You, <laughs> you are perfectly entitled to your own opinion. So, if any of these resonate with you particularly, then uh, do not be offended as a result of me. I just happen to disagree with them a lot. Um, 
The other great one is, uh, and I, don't, I almost don't know if this is tongue-in-cheek, but selling Lundstrom will solve all our problems. It all comes down to the uh, the <laughs> rotten apple that is John Lundstrom currently uh, contaminating the rest of this team and dragging us down. So I mean, what, what do you think to that one? Just, just free transfer him immediately and everything gets better? Yeah, everything will be fine after that. I think there there is a lot of people who seem to... Th- someone said, I, I don't know who this was, someone on, I think it might have been S2 or Twitter, I can't remember where I saw it, but someone said... Have you noticed since Lundstrom didn't sign his contract, that's when all our problems have started? And I just think if our team spirit is that <laughs> poor that if one man did, doesn't sign a contract, they're all just going to down tools, then yeah. we've got a lot more problems than Lundstrom, to be fair. Yeah, indeed. The other uh, the other stinker from my point of view is um, Fodringham or Verips, or, or even Simon Moore should play instead of Aaron Ramsdale. And uh, Yeah. I've seen that, some people say Verips has to play. Verips has to play. I've only seen about twenty minutes of Verips, and he couldn't get past the halfway line against. Go on, flied, filed, filed. I always filed, hear, yeah. I believe I, I still don't get that. Uh, yeah, um, and and I just don't understand. Wh- I've seen Fodringham play as well. <laughs> and, mm. um, yeah, if you think Ramsdale's error prone, then uh, take a look at Fodringham in pre-season as well. I'll say. Yeah, indeed, that's a that's a particularly crazy one. I think um, the the number one. I I don't think I can look past this, but um, time to change the manager. Get him out. <clears throat> no, no, and thrice no. If if we go down with one point, Chris Wilder is the man to. Uh... Well, someone said to me, I argued with someone, not argued. Someone on S two put, I think he's got to go. I, I think he, oh whatever. If we go down, he's got to go. So I said, well, who are you replacing with? And he said, well, that's not my decision. And I said, well, do you know, that's not... If you want a, what would Every championship club wants a proven manager to get a, who can get a team promoted. We've got one, yeah. yeah. So the worst-case scenario, we've got the best... You could argue that, yeah, it's gone stale and he might not be able to get him back up again and maybe he's not up for the fight again doing the same thing again. I don't know. Obviously, that's up to Wilder. But I just think people who are really considering genuinely thinking, oh, maybe Wilder should go. I mean, just look at his record. But on the flip, uh, the other side of that, another argument against it is, who who are we going to get? Yeah, I know. There's, there's, so there, is, <laughs> there is no better manager to uh, to get us promoted as he has shown throughout his career. So, yeah, if, uh, you know, if, if this season does end in disaster, then uh, please, please let us keep Chris Wilder for next season. <laughs> Here's, are you ready for the ultimate galaxy brain take here? Go on. United stay up this season, finish like 17th, 16th, something like that. You know, bad season, just about drag ourselves out of the mire towards the end of it. Chris Wilder's stock has taken a bit of a knock and he is now in that sort of Sean Dyche zone of never actually being considered for big jobs. Yes, please. uh, We get another another five or six years of Chris Wilder as we... uh, Establish ourselves in the Premier League. So on that subject, sort of on that subject. So obviously, Dyche is there's a lot of rumours about him leaving Burnley due to lack of money. I've mm-hmm. also seen a lot of people say, "Oh, Prince needs to get his money out." I think we've been pretty, you know, for our standards. Yeah, we've spent a lot more than I thought we would. Yeah, I think relative to uh, where we are commercially, financially. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not saying we should be. You know, I'm not. Fulham have got a huge wage bill compared to us. I think they probably spent more money as well. We're on a par with West Brom, Burnley, and all this sort of stuff. But Burnley's had the advantage of being in the Premier League for five seasons, so I'd say even they're ahead of us. Yeah. So we still can't compare with anyone else. But I think it's easy to say spend more money. But you know, if we go down this season, we're going down with a fairly touch wood, you know, a, a, a comfortable financial position. Yeah, 
I would say so. Um, is that is that your worst worst take? Because well? are you di- one you disagree with the most? The uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I, every time I, straight after the Chelsea game, there was a thread on S two where he said he has to go. I love that. The the, the, uh, the famous, the infamous, even he has to go thread. We're already started. So I just think, he, like I say, if you've got another, if you've got an alternative, and you say, right, let's get rid of him and let's get him in, and that you know, and you've got a genuine, and I think, oh yeah, I never realised he were available. Then yeah, fair enough. If you can get Pochettino in, for instance. Then yeah, you might have a point of saying we might have a conversation. Yeah, we might have a conversation about oh, who's the best at a Pochettino and Wilder, who's the best for United. But you sack Wilder right now or whenever, who are you looking at realistically? Gary Monk, Big Sam, Gary Monk. I don't know who else is available you know, now. Of course, Paul Cook. You know what I mean? None, none of them are as good as Wilder. So yeah, it's Southgate when uh, England oh, crush out the Euros. If you do that, wow. I'd, I'd, <laughs> My, uh, it, as I said, trying to avoid this, my brother sent me the uh, the team sheet, like the position lineup for, I think England, Belgium, and two hundred and fifty right backs in one. I was like, isn't this back to front? Like someone put a mirror next to this or something? Like why is why is? Uh... I, heard, um, I, didn't, I didn't watch the match, but my couple of friends after said Grealish were fantastic in this game, and that's not a surprise, is it? I mean, who'd have thought one of the best midfielders in the Premier League? Yeah, was really good. Yeah, actually, you know what? I, I do want to. I think we can just give ourselves a little pat on the back there. I know we're not alone, but we have been saying for at least twelve months, like going back to the end of the championship season, the promotion yeah. season. Like, you know, Grealish should be in the England squad. Like, we, you know, we I don't think we're quite saying he should be starting at that point, but yeah. it was insane that we were not using this very yeah. talented, creative midfielder. And I know the different players, but there is absolutely no way that Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice deserve to be in that team above. Grealish, and they yeah. all got caps before him. Even Mason Mount. Even Mason, Mason Mount, yeah, good, really good shout, yeah. yeah. There is anyway. nothing that they've done that deserves to be in there, but I know people hate Grealish for other reasons and stuff, but, you know, what a He's player. a very, very good player, unfortunately yeah. for us. <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, what, what is So this is bringing it back to our pre-season predictions. <clears throat> we are, of course, only eight games in. There are uh, 30 games still to go. What is your personal worst pre-season prediction or take? Ideally, uh, pick one that you were confident about that you are now significantly less confident about. What do you reckon? Uh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've really made some awful takes this year, but I've got to go for Dean Smith, first manager to be sacked. It's just mm. not going to happen. I still don't think he's very good, but you know they've had a fantastic start, and I've had him to go down... And I, I don't think they're going to go down now. I think they bought well since I made that prediction. But I'd still thought, I'd have still like stuck with Dean Smith maybe being first manager to be sacked. I still thought that they might have struggled even with like decent players because I don't rate Dean Smith. But fair play to him. Great start. He's definitely not going to get fired now for a while anyway. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm just looking up the uh, we've got first manager leave. No, nobody's left their jobs yet, have they? No, no, no. Remarkably, <laughs> yeah. Well, remarkably, is the second favourite of the bookies at the moment, Wilder, which is just like it was favourite. I mean, Billich, it is Billich. Yeah, he's only only a marginal favourite. I mean, if you're thinking of betting on Wilder for this, can I ask instead that you send me the money that you are essentially <laughs> setting on fire, and uh, I'll do something more productive with it? Uh, Solskjaer is uh, is third at the moment, and uh, then Parker, then Deitch, yeah. then uh, then my perennial pick, Steve Bruce. But my um. <laughs> So this this is not I'm not picking this as my worst uh, preseason prediction, but I will say that I picked Moyes as the um, first manager to be sacked. Mm-hmm. It was based on the likelihood that they would have three or four points from their first seven games. They of course got uh, 
eight points, and then they followed it up with a... Done really well with the fixture list. They've had the second... Yeah. We've had the second hardest fixtures this season behind West Ham. Yes, yeah, so their opponents to start the season. And, and it's even more impressive because they actually lost their first game, which was Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, they then yeah. Played, um, <clears throat> they then played Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Spurs, Man City and Liverpool. And as it turns out, Leicester and Spurs are actually much harder games than we even thought back then. But they uh, they got through it. But I really did think he would... Um, I thought they'd have a terrible start and uh, he would bite the bullet. But I'm going to pick as my worst preseason prediction because actually when I look back through these, you know, I think a lot of them I'm still quite kind of okay with, to be honest. I had, um, you know, I had surprise teams, Leeds to be surprisingly good. I had Arsenal to be, uh, you know, surprisingly average after everyone was kind of picking them for top four again. So I'm, I'm feeling okay about most of them. But I said some things about Spurs that don't look great in hindsight. Um you know, I didn't say they were going to be abysmal, but I did say I thought they would have another slump, that Mourinho would get sacked quite soon into the season, and then they sort of rally to finish seventh or eighth. You know, they were they were poor creatively at the back end of last season, but this year, wow, they have been one of the best teams in the league. They are a point off top, second highest scorers, joint best defence, um, and it's not a fluke either. They have the um, the best non penalty expected goal difference. Underlying that performance. I've seen them four or five times this season. I thought they were really poor against Burnley, really poor against uh, West Ham in that second half. Oh, yeah. They dropped points, and there were another game where they were really poor. They West Brom where they scraped to win. But fair play to them. You know, typical Jose, isn't it? Grinding the results out and then battering Man United as well, 6 1. Yeah, no, it's doing a, doing a marvellous job led by a player that uh, I'm going to mention in a moment. The next award is uh, just a few quick hits from around the Premier League. In fact, this is our final award. Um, mm. It comes in three three parts. Who's your player of the season from the Premier League as a whole so far? I really like what Calvert Lewin has done. I think he's really stepped up. Um, I've, I've loved the beginning of the season from Rodriguez as well. I thought he looked really mm. good. Um, I really like um, Harry Kane's assists and goal record is ridiculous this year so far. But I've got someone we've just been talking about. I've gone for Grealish again because every time I've seen him, he's just looked the best player on the park or the most dangerous. You can't underestimate how well Villa are doing at this point. It's it's not going to be. I mean, I just don't think it's. A, I think this is. They're not going to finish where they are at the moment, I think, but they, you know, probably can genuinely look at the top ten as a realistic aim yeah. now. And yeah, he is a massive part of it. Um, Calvert Lewin, it's it's a nice story. I think being a, a, a blade as well, it's it's great to yeah. see. Um, but it's it's Harry Kane for me. I mean, yeah. he has seven goals and eight assists in seven <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Uh, just over seven hundred minutes of Premier League football. That's insane. Okay. He's he's involved in two goals a game at the moment. Like he either scores or, or assists to a, a goal every forty-five minutes. Um, he gets a lot the- of criticism for Larry Kane, and I, I sort of like watch him for England. And you think, oh come on! And he does do a few mistakes. He's not always passed to the right person. He shoots from everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but oh my, he's so productive. He is. He's a, a fantastic player, and uh, I look forward to him being completely burnt out by the time the Euros start, which is. Uh, the way that it seems to go with England's sort of talismanic players in the last 20 years or so. Um, but yeah, he's he's my player of the season so far, Harry Kane, but good shout on Grealish. Yeah. Who's your manager of the season so far? Is it uh, is it Dean Smith? It's not Dean Smith. No, I can't do that. <laughs> um, but but it, is, it, is, it is someone who I had in my pre-season predictions as, as, as doing well. Um, I, I tip Southampton, so I've gone for Ralph Hasselhutton. Yeah, I've gone for him as well. Uh, I mean, they had a bad start. They lost the first two games and everyone went, oh, they're going to be down in a relegation battle. They've not lost since. Six six games unbeaten, now fourth in the league. 
Yeah, blimey, I forgot that. Yeah, they lost to Palace and... Battered by Tottenham, 5-2. Oh, blimey, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, they're sat very nicely in fourth position at the minute. Two, um, two points off top. Yeah, I've gone for Arsenal as well. I just think... I just think it's just doing an amazing job. I mean, you know, the Villa the Villa game, they can actually go, excuse me, Villa's season, they can actually go top if they win the next game. They've got yeah. a game in hand. Well, they went top last week against, uh, oh, they played Friday night against someone, and I can't remember, Newcastle, and uh, mm. they beat them. But the, the best I'd seen them was against Everton, because Everton were unbeaten. I think they won every game up until that point. And they were like, oh, this is going to be like a tough test, but Everton, and they just absolutely steamrolled, and they looked far, far better than them. And I thought, you know, these these are a genuinely good side. And they've lost things. Yeah, yeah, which and managed to get get through that first game with that. So, yeah, yeah he's, uh, fire in a minute moment. So, done a great job. He was he was the winner of our alternative man of the match award um, a couple of weeks ago. Old yeah. Ralph for his uh, his stock on the increase. And yeah, I, I, I'm really interested if Manu uh, make a change. Whether he is uh, a person that would be of interest to them. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> final award. What's your what's your biggest surprise from the Premier League so far? So this could be. Uh, a team, a player, or an individual match, or or whatever you fancy. The biggest surprise in a game has got to be the seven-two Villa against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I still think it's ridiculous. It still doesn't feel like a real game. But I'm going to be quite trite, I suppose. Here, I'm going to go for us. <laughs> ah, interesting. <laughs> so unbelievably poor compared to like I, I thought we'd have a drop off. I think I tipped just to finish fifteenth. I thought we'd have a drop off. I did not see us being this bad, to be honest. So I would defend this as not. Hmm, no, hang on. Am I going to contradict myself here? I, I'm not. So I'm not. My my prediction for us for this season was 14th, and that's still. I mean, if we were going to finish 14th, we were going to be in a relegation fight. You know, we were going to be. Yeah, yeah. Probably best case scenario is like safe with a game to spare. Unlike last season, where you know we had 40 points at Christmas or whatever. So I expected us to take a step back this season. Mm. I didn't expect us to have one points from eight games, <laughs> yeah, but if you yeah. you know again you look at the fixture list and you just think like, well, Wolves are good, like that's that's losable, and then that game against Villa, you get the red card, the Leeds yeah. game, it's a last minute goal and all this, and you just tiny things have kind of snowballed into this into quite a foreseeable situation. Mm. Underlying numbers are okay. We've we've been all right. I mean, you know, understanding this expected points thing. We should have seven points, according to them. Yeah. We've just, in the key moments, we've not taken our chances and we've conceded soft goals. Mm. And, you know, you do that over a whole season, you absolutely will get relegated. But it does just feel like we've had a really hard start. We've self-harmed ourselves repeatedly. But it is reversible. This is why I'm still optimistic about where we're going to be this season. So, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised we've only got one point, but... I don't. I don't know. I don't feel like we've we're playing massively worse than we were for a large chunk of last season, particularly when you um, factor in the players who've been injured as well. So, it's not yeah, a... I, I think there are a lot of reasons behind it. Uh, I just, I suppose I'm coming at this from after that Chelsea match where I've not seen a sort of collapse like that before. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. There's, there's a couple last season, I guess, post lockdown, but mm. yeah, obviously they came on the back of. You know, a solid league position and loads yeah. of points on the board. And that's the good for us both lockdown by saying, you know, it's 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 an un, it's an unusual situation. It still is without the fans, but we were playing like three games a week. We had a small squad. Yeah, I, I expected us at this point to probably have probably like to be fair, probably like you said, seven or eight points is what what we've been expected to have. See, I think that's 
I think if we had seven or eight points, you're probably going, that's a really good start to the season from mm. our fixture list because that relies on, you know, that suggests we would have beaten Leeds, best promoted team ever. We'd have beaten Fulham. There's your six points. Yeah. And then, then we'd have got a, a point off, you know, Arsenal or Chelsea or someone like that. So, yeah, I think that that was like the, the ceiling of our ambitions, I would say, from from this start. So, yeah, I'm obviously biased as well, and and sort of, and I'm I'm quite down by it all as well. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think if you'd have shown me the league table after eight games and said this is, you know, I've I've been asleep for for that amount of time and said right, let's look at the league table and be like, whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'll I'll be quick with mine, so we move it along. Uh, my biggest surprise is just Villa. Touched on it already, but yeah. you know, not just that seven-two game, but they've got fifteen points from seven games. That's you know, I, I can't remember how many they had at this stage last season, but it was a hell of a lot less yeah. than that. Uh, you know, they haven't Liverpool. They won at Arsenal. You know, they have some good statement statement wins now. They really are. The reason I've not gone from it is because I've just praised them throughout the podcast. Basically. Yeah. So I, I want to stop it. <laughs> Absolutely fair. The joint fewest goals conceded as well, which is a continuation from last season when yeah. they did defend better post lockdown. So yeah, they are they are a big surprise for me. I think I said they would be a team. Uh, in the lower reaches of the league, not in yeah. a uh, not getting relegated, but certainly down there, and uh, they're well, very much looks like they won't be. What about your um, boys, Newcastle, by the way? Just as a no, they're still. I've, I thought <laughs> I thought about that. I still think they're going to finish like seventeenth, eighteenth. This is what I mean. I'm standing by a lot of my preseason like predictions. I like this. You're giving me hope. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's what we're here to do. Right, final one. It's not an award, but uh, uh, come across a magic lamp within is. A genie who very generously has three wishes, but you have to use them on Sheffield United. What are your wishes? Anything is on the table apart from directly altering a result. I, you can't wish that we'd beaten Wolves or that we uh, beat West Ham on Sunday. What are your three wishes? The, the obvious one is we stay up and consolidate. I think it's a huge achievement to stay up, and I think it's huge for the future of our club. So that's one. I think just to stay up. Two, I'm going to be very populist there and say fans coming back in mm. in in all its glory, in in a way fans are back and everything like that within the next 12 months. And then my third one is Ramsdale, Brewster, Bogle, Lowe, McBurney all show <clears throat> before the end of the season that whatever happens, they are going to be excellent long term additions. I like it. Uh, my obvious one. I, I I wish the fans were back as well. Not only yeah. do I miss it on a personal level. Um, but I do think it would certainly help us as a yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fans back safely. There we go. That's, yeah, uh, we, yeah, we're getting there. Um, Jack O'Connell makes a miraculous return from his knee injury. That would be uh, that would be my my second uh, second choice wish for sure. And he's, he's available, ready to go. Um, this is it's kind of cheating a little bit. No, I don't know. It's a magic lamp. There's no cheating. Yeah, you can do what you want. Yeah, yeah. I I wish we could have had a proper preseason. So I will I will you know uh, modify this wish to be. I wish all the players were in the physical condition that they would be had we had a proper yeah. preseason, and uh, and that includes familiarity with our system and how we play. That was not afforded to players who were all off on international duty or yeah. just been injured or whatever. I think that would make such a difference. Just the way that oh, we've been on international football. <laughs> I would also like that as well. Um, and if I have a, if I have a fourth wish, then uh, John Fleck, hundred percent, hundred percent fit and ready to uh, yes. play against West Ham yeah. this weekend. Um, let's take a very quick break, and then we are going to talk about West Ham to finish off this week. 
Quick break to hear from one of our sponsors and I'm going to talk to you about the people who have the perfect beer for any occasion. I am talking, of course, about Beer 52. They are offering eight free craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet. All you need to do, go to beer52.com slash bladespod, cover the $5.95 for the postage, they will send you a case of eight free beers. Now, Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. With over 150,000 members, they send a brand new case to every single month. Each month's case has a different theme. And as an independent British company, Beer 52 are passionate about the UK craft beer scene, which they continue to support during this difficult period. If, for example, dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the lighter option. Plus, your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine, Ferment, and also a tasty snack. Don't worry, if you change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com slash bladespod, get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's the word beer, then the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And yeah, I mentioned it at the top, you know, the season hopefully starts here again this weekend. (laughs) And we're going to talk about West Ham. As I said, I've had a break from football, so this is going to be a a good exercise for me to get my head back in the game, quite literally. Sunday, two o'clock, Bramall Lane, West Ham coming to town. They are in pretty decent form. As I said, I expected them to have a miserable start to the season. They've done very, very well for themselves. 11 points from their eight games Three wins, two draws, three defeats, um, and yeah, just sat in twelfth place, being uh, playing pretty, uh, pretty nicely, like a mid-table team. To be honest, what what have you made of them so far? They've been really good. I think they've. I thought they ended last season really well. Obviously, got themselves out of relegation trouble. Got a couple of decent results. Uh, Ahmed Watford and got a good draw uh, away at Man United. Um, and yeah, I think they. What their fans are saying. So I've got a few views already. Or they normally play better against the better side and struggle against the worst side. So they are really, they're not as confident as you might think they, they, they should be in this game because they're like, right, you know, apparently Fulham gave them a game. I can't think, oh, they won 1 0, didn't they, West Ham, in the last minute? Uh, I'm not sure if it was last minute, but it definitely was 1 0. Yes, it was an injury time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they struggled in that game. So I think they're a little bit sort of, right, we're turning up for the big boys. So I think that their tactics work. And they're pinning so many hopes on Antonio being fit. Apparently, you know, they're just a totally different team when he's fit. Yeah, and he is um, potentially back in the mix, isn't he? He's had a thigh injury, but yeah. possibly not to start. That's really... Well, they're saying don't risk him if he's not fully fit because he means that much to him that mm. he's worth taking a hit with this game. And, you know. Yeah, that is interesting what you said about the. Uh... You know performances against the big teams because versus the su- supposed lesser teams, I guess. Because yeah, as I said, they lost at home to Newcastle. They lost to Arsenal, but I watched that game. They really gave Arsenal some problems. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, yeah. They hammered Wolves four nil. They won three nil away at Leicester. Came back from three nil down to draw with Spurs. Drew one all against Man City and gave Man City a lot of problems in that second half as well. Uh, they did lose to Liverpool in. Uh, Actually, I missed the second half of that one, but I I thought they were, from what I saw in the first half, I thought they were pretty fortunate to be ahead. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, just scraped by Fulham. I mean, they have the opportunity to kind of fill the boots in the next few weeks, to be honest. I mean, they've got us, they've got West Ham, they've got Man United, who are really bad form. Leeds. West Brom. Say again, sorry? 
you say West Brom? You said West Ham. I just thought. Uh, Excuse me. You're sorry. Right, they're playing the cells like the reserves. It's, uh, no, sorry. It's uh, it's the Claret and, Claret and Blue Derby. They're playing Aston Villa. Yeah. Ah right, fair uh, enough. Um, yeah. yeah, Man U, Leeds, Palace. You know, nice little, uh, nice little uh, run of games coming up. To be this honest, this is what the West Ham fans are saying. This is the where they normally mess up. Mm. But uh, yeah, they've uh, they've been a good team. It's not again. They've like um, uh, like we we're saying about Spurs. They've not fluked themselves into this position. They have the eighth highest xG, the eleventh best xG again. So you know, solid mid table numbers. Um, which is really impressive considering the teams that they've played against. You know, they, you'd expect those to be a lot, lot worse. But um, no, they've well, done that. Well, you said, uh, you expect them to be bottom and Moyes to be sacked purely uh, pure due to the start. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. I didn't think they'd go down because I think they have enough talent of players. But yeah, I thought they'd be in, uh, they'd be in a hole at the moment. Um, mention Antonio being out. That is a big deal if he is indeed not playing. Uh, Yarmolenko has, uh, has tested positive for COVID, so he will definitely be out. He was... Um, I don't think he's been involved as much this season, but he was really good against us last year, if you remember. Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they have a wealth of decent attackers. I mean, Jared Bowen, I'm really impressed with. I know he's he's not you know scored a ton of goals. I mean, he's obviously got loads more than any of our players have this season, but he's really hit the ground running for them and been a good sort of shot in the arm. I like um, uh, Suchek a lot. I think he, he actually scored the winner against Fulham, I think, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, midf- missed that ridiculous pen, yeah. yeah, midfielder who, uh, you know, seems to has like a Lampard esque ability to time his runs into the box and really good mm. in the air as well. So that's a bit of a red flag against us. I don't like yeah, the sound yeah. of those things from the way we've yeah. defended uh, defended crosses this season. You know, Ben. Well, Ra- they have to say in the view from the the way they set up and the way they're playing at the moment and what they've seen of us, it should suit them to the ground, really, like with so the how- crosses and stuff like that, as you right. say. So. Yeah, um, yeah, they just have some good attackers. Ben Rahm as well. It's not, you know, he's not quite up to speed yet. So he's not been involved that much. The big one, of course, Robert Snodgrass, who has played one single minute of Premier League football so far this season. Now he was on the bench for the last two games, so yeah. it, it did cross my mind, my mind, my mind, if Moyes is uh, sneaky enough to put him on the bench against us. But well, they seem already. to think, I was looking at some of their like, you know, predicted teams, and a lot of people have him in their team. If Antonio's not fit, I, I uh, dread to tell you. <laughs> Hell, I'm not looking forward to this game now. <laughs> I, was all, uh, I was all upbeat and ready to, uh, ready to get it all started, but... Uh, it's going to definitely be on the bench, so, you know, if we're 1-0 up... We're just going to be sat there waiting. <laughs> Every free kick in corner, we're just going to be... I might have to turn the television off if they get a corner. I've got my heart's already pounding, thinking about having a panic attack. <laughs> this is like the player I fear more than any other in the history of football. Like, really, we just go up against, like, De Bruyne and Salah and, you know, uh, uh, Abraham or whoever, and, and we're worried so much about Robert Snodgrass. <laughs> It's unbelievable, isn't it? Well, should we? I just want to let's remind ourselves of the uh, the last time that we played them, and I was a little bit loath to do this because obviously uh, fans in the ground, but an, an extremely memorable one 0 win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a pretty a pretty drab game, but uh, incredible yeah, yeah, yeah. drama at the end. Do you want to just say a few words about that? Just unbelievable. That I mean, I weren't there because I was working. All right. So I were absolutely devastated. I got on for the kickoff. I watched the match and stuff, but I couldn't get to the ground in time. Um, I remember just sort of being so deflated when that goal went in. Like, just like, oh. just sat there and he said, like, the checking VAR, and I'm like, it's obviously not offside. I haven't gone a minute. <laughs> That's handball. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I mean, being in the ground, I had absolutely no idea, but I was, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. I was going through a, um, 
uh, a phase of experience in VAR where I was like, the longer it takes, the yeah. more likely they are to overturn the decision. Yeah. Uh, well, know, James Gallagher kept saying, it's going to get disallowed, it's going to get disallowed. And I was just like, I was sort of shouting out loud saying, stop saying it because it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, trying yeah. to not get myself like sort of G'd up for it. And then when it happened, it was just like, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah, I think a few, it must have been a few weeks before it was in December when it we'd, uh, we'd gone and won at Brighton and had, um, mm. Egan had had that goal disallowed where it, it yeah. busted his hand. So we were, <clears throat> excuse me, we were very up to speed on if it touches a hand, it will be given as handball yeah. and disallowed. Interestingly, this goal would stand this season. Um, yeah, rightly changed. so, in fairness. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. Um, but it was absolute, because they've changed how... Uh, it has to be the person who I think they have to like directly then assist the goal, don't they? You know, so yeah. uh, it has to happen much more quickly, basically, to be uh, to be disallowed. But yeah, it was absolutely hilarious. Is the the most I've laughed at a football match. I think uh, my voice cracked. I was laughing that much. Um, the goal was fantastic. Just even watching on TV, it was it was the louder than the goal. <laughs> yeah, McBurnie uh, got the winner with a perfectly struck finish. <laughs> fantastic from Fleck and that's what we're missing something like that as well not just the the eagerness to get the ball but the inventiveness as well to you know see McBurnie and lay it off I think most people had a shot yeah yeah probably you're doing the right to really you know be the yeah. alertness and to nip in and get the ball after the, uh, the keeper David Martin had uh, made, a, made a bad pass and uh, McBurnie sort of hit it straight into the keeper but fortunately it's um bobbled yeah. under him and into the net it was really poor first half in that game and we sort of knocked it a bit long which is a bit worrying considering how we've been playing recently but mm. yeah but that was uh that was a an incredible evening at the lane i think it was, was that monday night football i think it was when I, friday night friday um, night football excuse yeah. me um and this yeah, was, was late on friday it's awful so <laughs> <laughs> was this the uh was that the same game that we had like carragher and uh Neville in the uh, that's right, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the interview with Johnny from Shoreview actually on In Good Nick as well, didn't ah, they? So. Of course, yeah. And I think was Ian on it from uh, Four Blades as well. You know, I don't. Was like he on he... it as well? I don't know that actually. Like he... Hmm, I think so. I'm sure I've seen a picture Someone, of him with, possibly. Uh, with Carragher, unless he was just loitering around. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. well, you mentioned Fleck. <clears throat> there is uh, n- no official news, but certainly. A few weeks ago, he was uh, reported as being back in training from uh, Wilder's Wilder's own words, uh, with a view to being available for this game. I think he'll play. I think he'll probably be on the bench. I'll be surprised if he goes straight in after what six weeks out, something like that. Yeah. Is it that I long? Want him, I just want him to play because otherwise, I, I think uh, I think about that left hand side again, and I'm just saying it could. I mean, picture this, Ampadu goes left centre-back, Stevens is uh, over whatever injury. I think it was precautionary yeah. by the sounds of things. They get a yeah, yeah. sore knee, so they just decided it wasn't worth risking him. Yeah, for... I think it was all right. They had nothing to play for Ireland, did they real? I know it's Nations League, but glorified yeah. families, aren't they? So. Uh, I think they're already out of the Nations League, aren't they? I Are they already it, out? I, I yeah. thought it was just friendlies, yeah. And one of them was like a hastily arranged one against England. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, picture this. Ampadu plays left centre-back. Stevens goes back to uh, the left wing back role that he was, uh, you know, one of the top two or three players in that position last season, yep. and uh, flex on the left side of midfield. And now suddenly, Champions League. Yeah, suddenly we look much more balanced, and uh, everything uh, everything comes together. So that could I could see it. Let's uh, let's yeah. let's pray for flex fitness. Um, we think Egan will probably be okay. Uh, there's no you and I are both scrambling to find the guidelines on uh, on concussions. Yeah. 
I, I read. I don't know. I don't know. It's really confusing. Apparently, there's a, a like a chart of how concussed you were. I think you, uh, if you're not showing any symptoms, then uh, after a period of time, then you're okay to play. Basically, there's yeah, there's yeah. like a staggered system of when you're available to play again, and it is based on you stopping showing any symptoms of concussion. So there's no way for us, the uh, the proles, to have any idea of. Uh, what his status is, and I imagine uh, that will be kept a, a closely guarded secret anyway. But I mean, I'd be surprised. What was this? Ten days between it? I think it was on the yeah, Tuesday yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within ten minutes of playing, obviously, he gets a concussion. It's just like yippee! Thanks again, anti national football. Um, we'll probably find out tomorrow out in the press conference. So that's fair. Yeah, uh, Berger. I mean, there's a weird. This Norway thing is weird, isn't it? So they cancelled all these games because somebody's tested positive. Um, mm which is not him, and as far as we're aware, he's not been in any close contact with him. So now it's just like, I don't know, nobody seems to, again, have any kind of definitive answer on this. But I'd be, again, with what happened with Egan, I'd be really amazed if he's not available to play. Yeah. Unless he, you know, tests positive himself, but there's no reason why. Yeah. Do that. yeah. So, fingers crossed. I think there's been 20 positive cases this week, and I don't think they've all been announced, so hopefully it's not one of our lads, but... Yeah, fair enough, yeah. So, all being well, he'll be fine. But Bernie only sort of, what did he do, play like uh, 20 minutes in extra time or something? But then he played the full game, uh, in the and they're playing tonight as well. Oh, all right, fair enough. Well, to be honest, I mean, I'm all right with him getting minutes in his legs, I think, yeah. and, and hopefully in the back of the Bruce net. Bruce has been sent back. Uh, I think Ramsdale has as well. I know Bruce has definitely been sent back. He's got a knock, but I think, he'll, I think again, I think it's precautionary rather than anything else. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think I read a quote from old Aidy Boothroyd that was um, they'd risk him if it was like a big game, but uh, yeah. it, it's not, so they're not going to, which is nice. Thanks, Aidy. Yeah. Thanks for doing us a favour there. Um, all right, overall feelings. There's what... Wilder's replacement, Aidy Boothroyd. Sorry. <laughs> so we ended the last one talking about him. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're obviously heading towards wrap it up territory here. Um, how, how are you feeling about this one? I'll not ask you for a prediction, but are you? Um, are you expecting a return to misery, or are you seeing some uh, positive signs here? I've got to be honest, I, I'm I'm not looking forward to watching it. I want to win so much. I, mm. I sort of, I don't know. The last three of re- sorry, the last two have deflated me so much watching. And I know they're against good sides and stuff, but I've got to be honest, and I I can't just say yeah, everything's going to be fine. I'm expecting the worst. What about yourself? I'm feeling optimistic because of the difficulty of opponent that we've had so far. I, I totally hear what you're saying. I was so deflated after uh, City and uh, and Chelsea, but that's why I've kind of given myself two weeks off, to be honest. And, yeah. uh, and, and hopefully, you know, the uh, the manager and the players have approached this with a, a similar mindset of like, look, lads, we don't have a game yeah. now for uh, 15 days. We're through the hardest run of fixtures we have in the entire season, I believe. I think it's you know it's kind of spread out a bit more. Just, yeah. just scanning down it now, it doesn't look like we have another uh, death row of fixtures at any yeah. point this season. I don't think we play. Think we've been fairly unlo- not unlucky in it. Well, I don't know. We've got all of this hard set of fixtures, but I don't think West Ham is the the go to easy game as well. If you know what I mean, it's definitely not. But they're a mid table team rather than a top six team. That's correct. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Go along we're, with that. we're not hitting a team in ridiculous form. We're hitting a team that is, is doing well and is not going to yeah. be in relegation trouble. But yeah, um, what what was my point? Oh yeah, so this is like fifteen day break. You know, get some uh, get some freshness back. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, get Fleck back. Hopefully, these players who 
you know, Egan will essentially have had a, a physical rest, if not a, a mental one, I suppose, with the concussion. Uh, Berger, Berger, similar. He's obviously got travel to uh, to factor into that, but you know, uh, it's, it's Norway. It's not. Um, it's not like he's been flying to New Zealand or anything like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I just yeah, you know, you look at those next few games and just think this is this is really where we have to start taking some points yeah. now. Like if we, you know, if we if we're heading into that Man U game in uh, what's that four games time in the middle of December. And we're still on one or two points, then yeah. I think we have to accept that we are almost certainly going to get relegated. But yeah. there's four games here. I know Leicester have been doing really, really well. But if you stop fouling them in the penalty area, then that, <laughs> yeah. that does help your cause. It's four don't, games yeah, here. Don't play Jack Robinson for his handballs. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think the big part of it is you know we've played well in spurts this season. You know, probably the best we played was as a. If not a ninety minutes, then a sort of seventy minutes was probably a Liverpool away. Can we put together a more complete performance against a a more middling team than we've been up against in most of these weeks? It's, it's huge this game. Not, ne- I mean, the results huge as well, but it's not necessarily. It's just see how we can perform against a team that we have more chance of picking a point up against. The kinds of teams we beat last season. I know we took points off Chelsea and uh, Arsenal last season, for example, but you know they, they required like <clears throat> real, real top level performances. Whereas, yeah, this these are the games where you think like at worst we're probably like forty, fifty percent chance of uh, of winning. You'd think, yeah, being at home, even with no home advantage. But uh, yeah, so I'm 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 fairly upbeat, mate. I'm, I, <clears throat> I can't honestly say I'm uh, I can't wait for this game to kick off. But um, yeah, I think it's the, it's the promise of how a win would actually feel. Because as you say, I mean, it's so long ago. It's uh, it's eleven games, right? Or is it twelve games? In fact, you... no, we lost three in a row, don't we? we um... Three in a row at the end, were it two, three? Yeah, you're right. I always forget the Southampton game. Yeah, Everton. Yeah, Southampton uh, and Leicester. Leicester. Yeah, after beating uh, Chelsea, I think. So that yeah, Chelsea win was the last win, wasn't it? Oh, my word. That seems like about 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of in terms of days between wins, it's not that unusual, I don't think. No, um, obviously there's been a shorter pre-season, haven't they? So. Yes, that's exacerbated it, yeah. Made, made it feel longer, for sure, because it's so many games now. Um, but, yeah, if we uh, if we don't win this or, uh, or West Brom, then... Uh, yeah, I think we're, we're going to have to be looking for some alternative amusement for the second half of the season, unfortunately. Yeah, so I think so. Yeah, looking for a, maybe looking for an alternative manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Well, Gary Monk, don't uh, don't move out of your Sheffield home just yet. You never know. Yeah, you never know, mate. <laughs> yeah, Ch- Chesterfield might come a calling. Right, let's uh, let's finish there, mate. Thanks, uh, thanks for your time. What uh, you mentioned it already. What um, what do you have to plug, and where is it? Uh, I've got some international view froms the the uh, I want to say it's not annual but the uh, regular McBurney Slayton if anyone's interested in that from Scotland mm. fans a couple of people slicking up for him to be fair um, so it might be worth a, a thing in that then Ampadu and who's the other one oh it's just them Norrington Davis Norrington Davis that's the guy yeah um, Ampadu played really well by the sounds of it again I didn't watch it but apparently he played really well against uh, Republic of Ireland Norrington mm. Davis not so good but all right, so yeah, check him out at RoysViewFrom.com or at Panchero on Twitter, and I'll get some more done tonight uh, if they play. Nice. What have we got in action tonight? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Is I really, really do not know. Give me one minute, and I'll. Are just, Wales uh, playing tonight? 
Well, yeah, they're all playing tonight, I think, because it's a stupid three-game thing, isn't it? Yeah, so, they've got Finland. Um, Finland. I think that is a Nations League game, I think, that. It's the last one as well, so... Yeah, uh, somebody did... Because um, I said last week, I don't understand why there was uh, three internationals, and uh, uh, at... I think it's at JPTOC on Twitter did say that it's... Um, basically, these are all the games that were cancelled in March have now been ah, right. shunted into this... It doesn't, it, as he also pointed out, that doesn't actually explain why that needed to happen, but that is what's happened. Um, and yeah, it's extremely dumb, as evidenced by uh, players getting injured, players catching COVID. Did you see? Um, I saw this earlier. Since the start of September, England have played eight games. Crystal Palace have played nine. <laughs> like really? Yeah, it's because it's, it's like Crystal Palace account. Um, which is just, I mean, that's including the cup. Absolutely crazy. Hey, madness, that, isn't it? Yeah, so, you know, everyone's, all these sort of top managers are going on about we need more subs, etc. And uh, yeah. maybe don't play so many internationals. I'd like to, I mean, I, do you know what? I'll, I've got, I think the World Cup is still the best sporting event in sport. Mm. Uh, I still think it's the, the, the pinnacle of sport, all the countries and, and everything like that. But international friendlies and qualifiers and I know you have to qualify to get to the World Cup oh they just suck the life out of me to be honest yeah we need to uh, we need to find a way to get rid of um, get rid of qualifiers or do something about it it's just yeah. a bit like cricket where they just let the ba- the best nations just show, <laughs> just show up come on let's let's stop kidding around I mean that's that's done for advertising revenue the big market teams all we're all, I don't know if they've changed this slightly now, but it used to just be like, yeah, India, we don't care how good you are at the moment. You uh, you have a massive audience, so you get to play at the World Cup. That's what I we mean, need to do. Play once. Do, we have to play, do we have to play home and away in qualifiers? I don't know. God only knows. Let's uh, <laughs> let's wrap up there. That's the answer yeah. to the international break anyway, which is now yeah. almost over. So thankfully, the, excuse <laughs> me, hopefully the rest of our players will make it through unscathed. Everyone will be... Fit and firing for uh, Sunday's meeting with West Ham, and uh, we're going to win one of these games, mate. Eventually, and we're going to come on here. You gonna... promised me getting a point out of Chelsea or Arsenal, so yeah, I did. Sorry about that. Yeah, I take uh, I take full full blame, full responsibility for that one. So let, let's see where we are after uh, after West Ham, and hopefully, uh, hopefully things look a little bit rosy. I mean, if we win, there's actually a good chance we're no longer in the relegation zone, which is just so yeah, stupid. yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, um, particularly with Fulham's fixtures coming up as well. I think they've got, they've got somebody beatable next, but then it's Did like... Did you a bad run? I think they've ha- I think they got Everton, actually, uh, so maybe not that beatable. And then they've yeah. got, I think it's uh, Man City, Liverpool, Man United, something like that. So, yeah. Anyway, win, concentrate on our own game and let's, let's win one of these buggers eventually. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, make ourselves feel better. Nice one, mate. Thank you very much for your time. You. And uh, <laughs> I will speak to you later. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Take it easy. Thank you. Big thanks to Andrew. Thank you, as always, to yourself for downloading and for listening to this podcast. And finally, a big thank you to a sponsor of BladesPod, and that is, of course, Glistening Kicks. Now, do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes sneakers and trainers glistening kicks will remove loose dirt and debris they'll give laces shoes and midsoles a deep clean they can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections and if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear they can take care of that for you too 
Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service. So you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should also mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans and they now offer a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers or if you have a Wednesday fan in your life that you think needs cheering up, uh, which is probably all of them, I guess, uh, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Plus, follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Thank you.